If you're in construction, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Constructed Behaviors Podcast. I'm your host, Barb Allen. I'm a woman with decades of experience in the construction industry, and most of it on the job site. I know how rewarding this industry can be, but like you, I also know that we could improve. Let's work together to make changes from the inside out. Do you first stop to think how you learned something, how you learned it, where you learned it, who taught you it? And I'm not talking about when you learned to walk or how you learned to ride a bike or or even how you learned to be a project manager. I'm talking about the stuff that you realize you know, but you're not sure how you know it. When did you learn it? That question popped into my head earlier this week. And that's what this episode is about. I'm going to take you back to 2003. And I have five lessons that I learned in the summer of 2003. So I guess this is the uh, 20 year anniversary of these lessons that I want to share with you. So 2003 was the year, the summer that I was given my first project as the superintendent, as the lead superintendent. It was an elementary school in North Kansas City, Missouri School Districts. Um, It was an existing school. I was adding on a library and renovating one wing of the building. And so the first lesson I want to talk to you about came from my mom. So I don't think I've talked much about my mom, but my mom was a high school math teacher for over 30 years. Um, So she was fully integrated into the public school system. And that is where this advice comes from. So this is a school project. It was my first. I built uh, several schools throughout my career, but this project was my first school project. And my mom said to me, get to know the janitor. So lesson one is, get to know the janitor. And it's not necessarily the janitor, but think about it. Every time we start a project with a new client, we try to figure out who's the best person for us to interface with. Who's going to provide us the most information, the best information, going to be great to work with. And when it comes to schools, it's the janitor. If it's an existing school, I mean, they know all the secrets. They know where everything is. They know how different people, whether they're administrators or teachers, they know how they react. They know uh, how they feel about certain things. And I mention this because I think many times when we are trying to figure out who that person with the client is that we do want to interface, that we want to create a strong relationship with, many times we look to the top of the food chain, um, the guy or the gal with the purse strings. And although there are benefits and things that we can glean, gain from a relationship with that person, and it is necessary, um, but more often than not, the person that is really going to help you make it the most successful project is not the one holding the purse strings. It is the one that understands the day-to-day daily operations of that facility, as well as 
the different personalities that will occupy it, which helps you turn over a building that is so much better for the end user than what was even what was even drawn. So that is my lesson one from 2003. Lesson two, uh, it took me a while to figure out what lesson was actually tied to this because it initially it was just a memory. When I started thinking about this project that I built, um, I kept picturing this dumpster and it was the most organized dumpster I've ever seen in my entire career. I'd never seen anyone do this since that day. And I'll be honest, I wasn't sure why they were doing it then, but they had a demo contractor. They were demoing the entire interior of this wing of the building. And when they brought it all out uh, to each, each load to the dumpster, they systematically stacked it from back to front, from bottom to top. And it was insane. I, I, you know, going off of memory, I feel like they didn't even use three dumpsters for that entire demo. And most subcontractors would have used way more than that. And a part of me, I was thinking, okay, I really like it because I like the organization. Um, but how many man hours are they wasting doing this? And then I got to realizing it's summer. Summer, especially here in Kansas City, that's schoolwork. And if you're trying to get a dumpster in Kansas City in the summer, you may be waiting for a while. And so what they were actually doing was saving man hours because they were able to put so much in a dumpster. And granted, many times people just fill the dumpster and then you've got a lull or something on site that can smash it down for you to fit more in. I'm telling you, there is no way you could have put more in this dumpster the way that they literally organized it. But what they were able to do was to use put so much in it that they weren't waiting on a truck to come pull the dumpster. They weren't waiting on another dumpster to be delivered. How many times on job sites are we stalled or halted because the dumpster's full? And if you've got a trash chute and the trash chute's full, and we just spend all these labor hours just dumping trash next to the chute or dumping trash next to the dumpster, and then we've got to pay those people again to pick it up and put it in the next dumpster. The next thing you know, that dumpster is super full and you're waiting again. So lesson learned on that, um, not necessarily about the dumpster. I mean, the dumpster cost itself is just not that expensive, but it was the time. Thinking about the time you're actually saving because you would be waiting on someone else if you did it differently. Okay, lesson number three, architects. Okay, many, many architects. I have loved great work, working relationship with them. Um, but I would say many architects from a superintendent standpoint, we have a love-hate relationship with them. And what I really learned on this particular project came from a job site. Um, what do they call those? Site observations. You know, the architect comes to the site and they make their site observations. And as superintendents, many times it annoys us uh, because we feel like we're doing a really good job and they're here just to pick it apart. But on this particular instance, we had started the brick on the, the addition, the library addition. We were maybe three or four foot up on the wall and he, uh, the architect had done a site observation and then took it back with him and never told me what was on it never told anyone on site what was on it. 
and then sent it out a week later. So a week has gone by, we received the report and it says that the weeps at the bottom were installed incorrectly. A week later from when he saw it. Well, if you know anything about brickwork, <laughs> a week after he saw it, we were done with that wall. I mean, it was so hard to get back in and fix what we needed to fix. And my lesson there was making sure you develop a relationship with the design team that makes them comfortable to come talk to you and let you know what they see as discrepancies. I think sometimes the relationship is strained because we as superintendents don't always take the information lightly and maybe we're confrontational about it. And so it's easier for them just to send it in writing. Um, that actually makes it so much worse for us when they don't get around to sending it timely. I mean, if he had just had that conversation with us on site, would we have been irritated? Sure. Uh, irritated that the sub installed it wrong, irritated for, you know, getting called out on it and not noticing it myself, but at least it would have been way easier to fix. So lesson three is making sure you develop the type of relationship with your architect that allows them to be honest with you and provide constructive feedback that will help you and the project. All right. Lesson number four. Lesson number four has to do with city inspections. And particularly this example I want to give you is tied to TCO or temporary certificate of occupancy. For me as a superintendent, I was so emphatic about making sure that I delivered a project on the date um, that we were scheduled to give it to them. And one of the reasons that I loved building schools is because that timeline doesn't change <laughs> on too many projects throughout construction. Um, things happen and the, the schedule gets extended and something else happens and the schedule gets extended. But isn't, that's just not a thing with schools. Schools, um, they're not going to open this one elementary school in the district two weeks, three weeks, two months later than they open the other ones. It doesn't work like that in the public school system. So you figure out as a team how to make sure the school opens when it needs to open. And one of those things that we learn throughout construction process is developing relationships with our inspectors, particularly city inspectors. And so that's part of the lesson is just developing that relationship that has them being open with you as well as to things that you need to fix. But the bigger part of this lesson that I want to share is it was TCO day. I needed a TCO on this particular day so they could start moving furniture in that weekend. And the city inspector was standing at one of the new exterior doors and he said, this door needs an exit light above it. Not an exit sign, but it was actually a light, an exterior light. And I look at the plans and there's no exterior light called for. And this, this gets so frustrating. I, I know many of us have been through this. The city inspector wants something that's not only not on the plans, but it's not on the plans that the city approved either. And now we are at hour nine and they want something new. My lesson here is always making sure that you have someone available. Two things, let me back up. One, making sure you do inspections as early in the day as you can so that you have an opportunity to fix and try and get that inspector back to sign off on whatever they found. 
But second is having somebody available to go run the errand, to go get what you need to get. I mean, we were able to find a battery pack light. Um, somebody ran and got it. Electrician got it installed. The inspector had agreed to come back if I would send them a picture that it was there. But I could tell from his attitude, he was pretty sure he had shut me down for the day and that I wasn't going to get my TCO. Um, he underestimated me and my team. We got it done. But the lesson is making sure you have someone that's available to go run those errands. And as a superintendent, it's not your job to go run those errands. There are other things, particularly on TCO and CFO days that you need to be managing on site. You should not be the one getting in the truck to go get something. Have people available to go do that. Okay, last lesson I wanna share from summer of 2003 uh, is a little sappy, uh, but I think it's an important lesson. So on that project, uh, I met a guy, he was the, um, late, uh, no, he was the ironworker foreman on the project. And we got to talking and pretty soon realized once we started talking more, we had grown up together. He was actually a friend of my brother's when we were in grade school. And he and his family had moved away from our school. So it had been 15 or 20 years since I'd even heard his name, much less seen him. So it was really great to reconnect with him and um, learn about what had happened in each of our lives, my brother's life, except, et cetera, as, as we had grown up. Uh, anyway, one day, one evening, he texted me and said, hey, can my crew start early in the morning? Can we come in at 6 a.m.? And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm usually there at 6 anyway. I'll show up a little early and get the building unlocked for you. So yeah, you can come in at 6 tomorrow. I don't want to make a habit of it. So I show up, I get the building unlocked, and I wait. And he didn't show up. And he didn't show up. And then the rest of his crew starts to show up, and he still didn't show up. And nobody's heard from him. Well, by this time, I knew him well enough. I called, you know, I'd called his phone. I, I called his office, and I said, hey, I, I don't know what's going on, but do you guys have a home phone number or something? You can reach out to him. And it was then that they told me that they had just received the call that he had died in a car accident on his way to the job site. Probably not the way you thought this episode was going to go. But what I learned from that, I think I was, I think I was 27 or 28 at the time. I think, yeah, probably 28, because I think he was 25. And all of a sudden, life looked different to me. I mean, we had plans. He was supposed to be there. He was on his way there and didn't make it. Life can change and in an instant. We don't really have control over that. And it was at that time that I started looking at life differently. And that has stuck with me for sure for 20 years. Don't put off today what you can do tomorrow. That vacation you've been wanting to take with your friends or your family or that call you know you've been meaning to make to somebody. You don't know that you get tomorrow. So these are the lessons. These are the lessons that I want to 
to share with you guys. These are lessons that I learned 20 years ago, 2003, when this project took place. And I've carried them with me since. And they've all been super useful for my career and for my life. And I hope that you find them useful for you. <laughs>